This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudla. I'm Jesper Young. I'm Henry Larson. I am Francisco Segundolo. And you are listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are with a long overdue podcast, I would say. I'd like to apologize to everyone for not bringing it sooner. But we could not not bring it. It is Djokovic's 21st <coughs> Grand Slam victory. He did win Wimbledon for an impressive four years in a row. Well, minus uh, the ones where it got cancelled. But still, four times in a row for Wimbledon. A seventh Wimbledon title and 21 Grand Slams overall. Now only one behind Mr. Rafael Nadal, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Mr. John Silk here for this roundup. As we know, big Rafa fan, but also a big tennis connoisseur himself. How are you, sir? Connoisseur, Ben, using using big words there to try and throw me off. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's been ten days now, but um, but I think there's still lots to discuss, lots to reflect upon, and lots to look forward to. Although maybe less so when it comes to uh, Djokovic, because you know what what kind of action is he going to be coming up against in the next four to six weeks? Um, well, quite possibly none uh, is the answer to that, but I'm sure we're going to go into detail uh, on that throughout the show. <clears throat> yeah, most definitely. Um, I want to say thanks to everyone who has joined us for this one. We've got a few people in the live chat. We've got Thomas Rowley and saying "Silk, Silk, Baby." Dun, 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 dun. And that's a, a vanilla ice uh, one there for John. <laughs> so. Yeah, I like how he, I like how he put vanilla ice in brackets. I think <laughs> we're we're kind of we're old enough to remember. But thank you, Thomas. That's it. And there's a lot of people. Chris Cooper, sign the petition. Let him play. This is all talking about obviously Novak Djokovic. Most likely not going to be able to play the U.S. Open. We will be coming to that. We've got a few bullet points to cover in this episode. We will be starting off with just a review 
of the Wimbledon tournament. We've got JG in the live chat. Let Nole play. He wants to see him at the US Open as well. Uh, and we got Gary in. Good to see you, Gary, as well. Table tennis. We've got Ashley in as well. MQR. few of the regulars. Um, great to have you in. Yeah, like I said, we'll start off by just rewinding back uh, to Wimbledon. And what was, uh, I'd say, I wouldn't say it was a completely easy win for Djokovic, but I'd say very composed. And the that's how Nick Kyrgios sort of summed up the, the final for him, which I thought Kyrgios came across really well in his post-match press conference. And I think you, we have to give him some some plaudits, Nick Kyrgios, here before we go on to Djokovic and talk about how great he is. Kyrgios had sort of the... It all fell into place for him, really. His favourite surface, Rafa pulling out. I think I said I thought he might have beaten him anyway. I think it would have been close, no matter what. If Rafa was injured, who knows? But the way he handled himself, even though he was in a final, he was still shouting and screaming a bit, wasn't he? But ultimately... I don't think he let himself down at all in this tournament. I think uh, he can go away with his head held high and be proud of a really good tournament. And I think he matured a bit in this tournament. And I was actually really pleased to watch him play on the tennis court. He had the circus earlier in the tournament. I think he got rid of it a bit for the final and he showed what he was really made of. Yeah, I was a bit worried about Kyrgios for that final and, and what kind of Nick Kyrgios would show up. I anticipated actually a fairly timid uh, Kyrgios and I was worried that he might be overcome by the occasion. But actually, I think he performed. He performed as well as he could, um, his, which is basically the serve. If the serve is on, it's on. And it really was for most of the match. There was those two games, one where he was love 40 up. If, if you see what I mean, he had three break points on the job yeah. serve towards the end of that second set. He had to really be taking advantage of that to get it back on serve to force probably a tie break because I think it would have been five all rather than six four, which Djokovic won. And then, of course, he was 40 love up on his own serve as it got towards the business end of the second set. I think probably, if anything, though, maybe where he did just fall apart was probably in that final tie break when I think he went for a crazy forehand into the net, really. And he took a few gambles on his second serve, but that's what he had to do. He had yeah. to, to, to gamble. He's not going to beat Novak Djokovic without gambling and regarding Djokovic and I'm actually going to mention my preview to the tournament if you like in my review in that I said before the tournament I, I fancy Djokovic to win many people were highlighting the fact that he was under pressure because this could be and we're going to obviously come on to that as, as we know it could be his last slam of the year could even be his last slam for the next 10 months but that's much further down the line so people were suggesting he's under pressure I actually saw it differently I saw him as some Somebody with the backs against the wall kind of pressure. And that's mm. when Djokovic comes out fighting. It's very different when you're on the front foot as he was. By the way, do you like the fact I've got a little pen here? It looks like <laughs> I'm taking notes. Um, oh, nice. I like it. Yeah, Jano yeah. John. Yeah. <laughs> so when he's on the when it's on the front foot and you're leading from the front, it's a lot more pressure, a lot more difficult, mm. like he was at the US Open, where the pressure to win, the pressure to keep winning, and he struggled with it throughout that US Open and before it eventually came to that final and, and Medvedev beat him. That's a very different kind of pressure to listen, you've got to come out fighting. 
they're both pressure, but one is kind of a good pressure, if you like, and one is a, a negative, overwhelming pressure. And I think the pressure going on into Wimbledon was a good pressure for Novak. And we saw him. He came out fighting. He came out fighting, especially against Sinner. Even in that match against the Dutchman, who's, um, I know his name, but I'm not going to pronounce it, in the third round. Do, do you want to give it a go? Van Rijkhoven, yeah. There you go. Van. Oh, you've got a bit of a Dutch accent there, Ben. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's a... <laughs> Uh, Tim van Reichhoven. Uh, I think yeah. this must be Roland who's been helping us with uh, some of the commentary. He's been rubbing off on me. But I thought he, he was just his return of serve. When we got to see him play live, that was the biggest takeaway from the tournament, really, for myself and JG. Just watching him return serve there in person is just um, it's a, a thing to behold. And people who... <laughs> cheers, Gene. People who really... Um, think of Novak Djokovic and don't really give him the exciting brand. Uh, I've seen a lot of people like sort of brandishing it around. You can't be the greatest because you're not, you don't play with the power. You don't play like Federer used to wipe people off the court. Uh, Nadal, he hits with such like power and passion. And yeah, but there's a, there's a beauty in the art of playing the whole game of tennis. And you can, you can look at every single part of his game and dissect it and see the beauty in it because to be able to return the speed of serve that he can return and get it in the perfect part of the court so that he's not under attack it's almost like you like recovering from a snooker let's say like uh, obviously in snooker when if you manage to get the ball back in a position where your opponent isn't in an attacking position anymore it's it's nearly perfect because then you're in the rally and then that's his domain. Like he's he's achieved what he needs to then. And yeah, and you, and Kyrgios found that in the final. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And that was just one of the main things that the takeaway from watching it live is just Van Rijkhoven's serving is incredible. I mean, it's really really up there. He's really shown himself as a really great grass court player, and his uh, serve skips <laughs> off the surface. I think we saw with Sinner as well. His serve was popping this tournament. Took Djokovic slightly longer to maybe work him out. He probably wasn't having his best mm. day, but still mm. the composure. And that's the Djokovic, one thing we'll keep... Djokovic mentioned, mentioned after the final, he said how um, it he started to work out Kyrgios's serve. And, and I think that's what Djokovic is very good at. And that's sometimes why we see him lose the first set, especially against yeah. opponents he's not really played before or, or not played often. I mean, he hasn't played Kyrgios for five years and he, he lost twice, but it was very close together during a pretty poor spell for Djokovic in 2017. And by the middle of the second set, he was purring. A little bit like last year, actually, with that final against Berrettini. Berrettini sort of nicks the first set, so to speak. Kyrgios, in a way, Nick is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? He just sees the day towards the end of that first set as Berrettini did. And then it was just, you know, uh, inexorable finish to the finish, if you like, from from Djokovic. And we've seen it before. And yeah, a worthy champion. Um, you know, this 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 conversation about Nadal's injury, it's almost irrelevant. Um, I you know, so, I, yeah. I look at I look at Nadal's win in, in Australia. I look at Djokovic's win in, in, in Roland Garros last year. And, and I look at this as well. It's just you've got to win seven matches. OK, and I see I, I actually find it a little bit tiresome. And I know we're going to come <laughs> on to it, but but Nadal fans will spin stats in their favor. So will Federer fans. So will Djokovic fans. To be yep. honest with you, there's only one stat that we can really say without without doubt, and that is that Novak Djokovic has won 21 Grand Slams. 
Yeah, uh, in impressive fashion as well. And the one thing that I was going to say is, I mean, they probably ruffle quite a few feathers as well. That uh, I think that he's probably the greatest grass court player of all time. That's my personal opinion. Like, I know it's probably a big thing to throw out there, but the way that I see that he handles, I think it's not just the game, it's the pressure on grass because it's easy to get overwhelmed and you can lose a game very quickly on the grass courts. Like four big serves, you're gone. Like that's it. The game's disappeared. And the fact he's able to work out big servers so well, it sort of nullifies their game. And you have to have literally an amazing ground or the rest of your game has to be amazing to be able to take him out. Because if you've only just got a serve or a big forehand, he'll find the weakness. And uh, unfortunately, if he if he finds the weakness, you're done for. And we saw that with Sinner as well. If you, and the weakness for him was probably just all up there for Yannick Sinner, unfortunately. I mean, I don't uh, know if Sinner really lost it, but certainly once once Djokovic got that break at the beginning of the third, you thought, mm, okay, here we go. And that's yeah. exactly how it went. Once once Djokovic managed to break um, uh, Kyrgios, I think quite near the beginning of the second set. I can't remember exactly when he broke, but it was like, yep, here we go. Same with the semi-final against um, uh, the Nottingham Nadal. Um, Norwich? British... Yeah, Norwich, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nottingham sorry. Nadal. Yeah. yeah, so like I think of Nottingham Nadal, lefty, I couldn't think. Yeah, once he broke in the in the, in the second set against, uh, against Norwich, and yeah, it's just inevitable. And actually, I think that third round victory, which we highlighted against Van Rijthoven, um was was similar but but a little bit different because of course he won he lost the second set I think and then it's like nip and tuck and I think Djokovic does he win the third set six love if I remember and it was just like okay Djokovic is like hang on a second six you one just, yeah yeah you're six right. one was it okay he's like hang on a second <laughs> you just be, took a set off me I better I better get this done and especially as I think the night was drawing in and the lights were drawing in and you didn't it's I think like he was even said he, after, he mentioned it didn't he in his post match press he said oh what after that second set, I sort of I caught the reads on his serve, mm-hmm. and as soon as Give I, and from Van Rijkhoven as well, he said, "Oh yeah." As soon as I and you saw it, it it showed six yeah. one six two in the in the last two sets. Yeah, he just completely worked him out, like, and that was somebody who's never played before as well. So he managed took him two sets, but once he worked him out, he barely won a game after that. And uh, that's what he can do to you. Djokovic at Wimbledon is a scary, scary prospect. And I would disagree with you, Ben, about the greatest on grass of all time. I there's a lot of uh, candidates, though. There's yeah. I mean, you've got Sampras, Federer. How many? How many Wimbledons does Sampras get? Eight was it? Sampras. uh, Sampras has seven. He's think he's level now. So level and and Federer has eight. Something like that. I'm sure someone will pick up. Yes, Federer has eight. Sampras and Djokovic now have seven. So I I personally think that Djokovic can overtake uh, both of them. If if, if, if Djokovic has nine, that's a pretty compelling argument, you know. But that's that's for the future. Most definitely. Let's... uh, well, let's please. I know that there's been a lot of uh, negativity. There's been a lot of people saying, God, you're not even celebrating Djokovic's 21st Grand Slam. Obviously, we've been caught up with some other business after Wimbledon. So we're just happy to be able to bring you this now. So let's give him uh, his just desserts. And I'm going full Nole fam on this. Uh, <laughs> and like uh, JG is saying here, 
with the rebrand, I thought I, I was joining Nolo Fam, not you, Ben. So uh, that was uh, the we were talking about the rebrand of the channel. I was saying is the, with the rebrand, does JG become part of Nolo Fam? Uh, and maybe I become part of the the Rafa mob, but I don't know. I don't know if we can change those type of things. We'll change the the look of the channel and the way that uh, we do our streaming, but I don't know if you can change the core of the uh, supporter within <laughs> you. So it's like asking you to stop supporting Rafa, John. This is just not going to happen, is it? Can't do it. It's in, in nah, your blood. Exactly. So, right, let me bring up some of these. Uh, we've got some tweets, just some nice stuff just to look through. Uh, and some of them is from uh, some Nola fam stuff. This one's saying, obviously, seven-time Wimbledon champion Novak Djokovic gets a hero's welcome in Serbia, uh, just to show a little bit of uh, of what is going on here. And uh, sorry if it's a little bit choppy. but We can talk can over s- this, right? Yeah, I mean, you can see here. I mean, I could just show, like, some still shots. I mean, it was just pretty amazing, to be honest, just to... Uh, Witness the welcome that he gets like when he goes back to Serbia, that type of thing. I mean, it's one thing to see all of the people like all around just the the tennis tournament and all being around Wimbledon and you expect all of that there. But the sort of hero's welcome that he gets when he goes home, I mean, it's fully deserved, isn't it? I mean, this, this guy is sort of a walking hero i mean he is, he's mr mr serbia i mean yeah. i mean the, the swiss might might hand um hand Federer a piece of chocolate at the airport uh nadal might get uh might get a rioja or something but uh <laughs> but this guy gets the country yeah most definitely uh i i'm i'm really happy for him just because obviously there's so many statistics we're just going to go through i'm i'm conscious the next part of the podcast we're going to be sort of looking at a comparison of this year to last so i'm going to go through some of these tweets just so that we can have a look uh the big three made a grand slam final from 2005 Roland gauss all the way to the wimbledon 2014 uh us open 2014 broke that run 38 majors in a row one of the finalists was nadal Djokovic, and federer absolutely uh unbelievable i mean what do you make of this statistic john uh, honestly i know it in a way i, I know <laughs> that for, for 15 years these three guys have dominated and won about 95 percent of the majors and been in about 99 percent of the finals um yeah it's 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 nuts um and I, I think a, a more incredible statistic, here's one for you, Ben, that you may or may not be aware of. Go on. I think there was a moment about 2010, more or less, when the the standings were uh, Federer 16, Nadal 9, Djokovic 1. Oh, and mad, isn't it? Like, so, that type of... so he was 15 slams behind. Um <laughs> Uh, Federer, I'll just put that up on the screen there for you. So 16-9-1 was, and so Nadal was there in the middle. And so that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of, uh, you know, path that Djokovic has taken, if you like. And, and it almost shows, I mean, listen, Federer's always been there or thereabouts. We know he's been injured for two years, but actually in the last 10 years, he's won four slams. And in the same amount of time, uh, Djokovic has won 20. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, when I was making the settle in the goat debate one after the last Wimbledon and I was counting just to try and uh, work out 
out of the last, I think it was 42 Grand Slams, he won 19 of them. And that, mm. for me, is just <laughs> that statistic in itself. Like, he won half of, pretty much half of all the Grand Slams you could win in the past 42 Grand Slams. Obviously, that's changed a bit now. We've had more Grand Slams. I haven't updated my uh, brain box have insane statistics i mean federer winning you know and, and going for grand slams at 39 or 40 was just unheard of when you have things like bjorn borg retiring at 26 because he was burnt out um and perhaps that bjorn borg is actually the the antithesis of the big three not in terms of legendary status he's a legend yeah, in the I game mean... you know winning french open and and wimbledon as often as he did i think he's got 11 between those two two slams alone but um which by the way none of these guys have that many with the, if you put the french open yeah. and, and wimbledon as a pair the hardest two to win though yeah. they're back to back yeah. that's the thing but but the when i say antithesis is because Bjorn Borg was burnt out at 25-26 and McEnroe himself has been on record many a time saying he couldn't believe it. He was gutted that his biggest rival had, had quit and he actually want, tried to talk him out of retirement. And the reason being is because he kind of needed Borg. He yeah, needed he a rival. And and, and these three, I, I've we see it sometimes with, with Djokovic and I've heard other people mention before, you know, and, and, and I'm sure Nadal, and, and Federer too. I reckon, you know, Federer himself has spoken about when Nadal first came along and he's like, I didn't really like having a rival at first, but then I embraced it and I yeah. got better and he got better and we got better, of course, when it became three and so on and so forth. Um, I think I think these three guys, you know, it's all, all well and good that we could imagine if you're a Djokovic fan thinking, oh, if only Nadal was a different era, maybe Djokovic could have got a couple more French Opens and so on mm. and so forth, Federer and so on and so forth. Yeah, but the thing is, I think these some of these guys, if not all three, may well have retired five years before. Well, that's exactly it. And I think it's a really good point for you to bring up the whole McEnroe-Borg thing as well. Um, obviously, there is a new movie going to be coming out very soon, the McEnroe, if not already uh, out, um, talking about his life, uh, John McEnroe. Well, we were lucky enough to go to the uh, the prem well, say premiere. It was like a private screening of it. And it's super interesting just to hear what he has to say, really, about his relationship with Bjorn Borg and just how they were such polar opposites. But yet that was on the court, off the court, they were very similar. And he just, he didn't understand why that he retired at so young. But then Bjorn Borg was said, like, well, obviously when you're at the top, he said, there's only sort of like the, the pressure. He said, it's it's that intense. He said, you'll, you'll, you'll find out. So he said, you'll find out why. So when he retired, everything went on to McEnroe. And then you got to see him. It's like life became a bit of a nightmare. And that type of thing, like having that rivalry, it's sort of like you can bounce off each other. Without that, that there, it becomes so intense. All of the attention just on one person as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and as Chris uh, mentions as well, <clears throat> Sampras is another example. I think he retired at thirty, um, yeah. and he's he's somebody Sampras who who's not really ever got involved in the sport. I actually watched an old interview with him from about seven eight years ago, just the other day. It was on CNN, and uh, you know it was about whether he wanted to be a coach, and he's like, nah. And he does go to Wimbledon from time to time, but I don't think Sampras was there when they had the the champions thing the other day, right? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Don't if think I he was. Him, no. Don't think he was. Federer was there. Um, <clears throat> Serena Williams wasn't there either. Although she was having a great old time in London, she decided not to to he attend that Becker. event. He wasn't there either. No, Becker wasn't. <laughs> I have to check my notes as to. Hang on a second. I'll have a look at my notes. Becker. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
being in Germany, you should probably know more than uh, more than most. Yes, but, yes. Well, it also yeah. being being in London, Ben. I think that's where Becca currently is residing. Uh, quite possibly. Yeah. Yes. Let's move on to the next one. Anyway, it says Djokovic has played in every Grand Slam since the start of 2005, except 2017 U.S. Open and the 2022 Australian Open. So. Yeah. Quite and one of, only one of those was because of, of 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 fitness, if you like. That's incredible. Yeah. Um. I think, I think Djokovic as well. I mean, since returning from that 2017 spell and injury, I think he's been great. He did. Um. I think he lost to Vavrinka quite early in the 2019 U.S. Open. Um. But that's basically the only slam I can recall in the last sort of five years where he's gone out early. He's always sort of made the semis or the final. I know Nadal as well. I think he's got like 21 majors now or slams in a row where he's made. No, not 21, maybe about 17, where he's made the quarterfinals or, or later. The last time was 2017 Amazing. Wimbledon when he lost to Rossell, I think, in the fourth round. But he's every single one he's competed in in the last five years, he's got to at least the quarterfinals and obviously a lot further. Amazing statistics. I mean, these these will just keep growing, I feel. <laughs> these yeah. statistics, are, uh, until they retire, I, I fully expect to see uh, these just to continue to grow. Like the next one, I believe, is Big Nole Fam. It's a Rax 21 Nole Fam. So we're going to be getting some big uh, statistics saying July the 14th, 2019, Roger Federer has two championship points for a 21st Grand Slam count. Uh, the slam count back then was Federer 20, Djokovic 15. Three years and 11 slams later, Djokovic 21, Federer still on 20. Uh, say no more i mean obviously the age has a little bit to do with it but it's testament to Djokovic. he still managed to pick up uh six grand slams and yeah yeah was it 2015 then was it okay but um yeah so since then of course Djokovic won three last year alone um yeah. and he also won that particular wimbledon making it 16 i guess but yeah it's been incredible um yeah, it is what it is. I, I think really, and we're going to come into the, the slam race towards the end, I think, or as, as we progress, but what yeah. we've seen really in the last 18 months, really, with once Nadal got to 20 at Roland Garros in October 2020, then obviously Djokovic getting to 20 uh, last year at the Wimbledon, of course, and then also then getting to 21 this year, is I think those two now... It sounds strange because they're still very close, 22, 21, 20. But because of Federer's age and health, I think those two now, it's now two in the slam yeah. race. It's now two in the slam Most race. Now, goats and greatest of all times, so subjective, so many different ways you can spin stats. Um, but the slam race is, um, you know, it's there. I, I've always said with the slam race as well, since I first came on this show almost sort of 18 months ago, I think it was two years ago, um, that the I always thought if the slam race was tight, if you had two players tied on 20 or 22 or whatever, I thought then you could say, well, you know, Djokovic has only won the French Open once or Nadal has only won the Australian Open once, but now that's <laughs> yeah. that's gone as well because they've they've got you know they're doing it. Whereas Federer only won French Open and he'll never win a second. I think we can all agree on that. So yeah. I think the Slam race now is down to two. I Most think we definitely, can I think that it. is nearly guaranteed. Um, yeah. No disrespect to Roger Federer, but even when he made a sort of comeback at Wimbledon, he was sort of 
outclassed. Do you think by we Hubie might? Hercatch. Do you think we might see him in in a in a sort of a farewell at Wimbledon next year? I think we probably will. I think that if he's going to say farewell anywhere, then it will probably be Wimbledon. I mean, he turned up at Wimbledon this year just to show his face. Obviously, that set the crowd alight. I mean, seeing him there uh, really got everybody excited, and the, all the rumor mills started talking, didn't it? I mean is he here because he's making an announcement and all this type of stuff. And he said that he hopes to be there next year. So he's not ruling it out. And I'm sure if, if he selects the tournaments wisely and just gets back to full fitness, we'll see him for one last Wimbledon, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Probably more Nole fam here. It says Djokovic, 21 stats uh, for 21 slams. Uh, not sure how <laughs> I'm going through all this. Said so the Serb just kept piling on the career numbers with his latest triumph. Uh, he's won at least two tour level titles a year for the past 17 years. Now that's quite a. Uh, I'm not going to go through all 21 uh, unless you start, everybody wants me to go on there. I was just <laughs> I just saw this one on there. I just thought this one's quite quite a good one. Two tour level titles a year for 17 years is pretty. That's an interesting stat as well, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Move through some of these other ones. Here we go. We got, I thought this Nole, Rax Nole fan would have quite a few uh, uh, on here saying big three, uh, big titles. I think that's supposed to be versus age. Um, Djokovic, 64. Nadal, 59. Federer, 54. Uh, big title equals Grand Slam Masters, Tour Finals and Olympic Gold. And then Oh, let's just read this. Thank you for the super chat there, Rowdy Every Lap. Uh, do you want to read that one, John? Yeah, thank you. Nole and Rafa will end up tied at 24-25. Rafa's my favourite going into the US Open with a 19-0 record in the slams. I think he's, is he 19-0, is he at the moment? Yeah, of course he is. I guess 7-7. Seven seven. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point. And we'll probably just touch on Rafa's chances at the US Open towards the end of the show. Um, regarding that 24-25, what do you reckon, Ben? I think it could be there. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of uh, alluding to around 25 for for Novak. Uh, I know that that was I've probably 18 up. months. I've, I've given up trying to guess. A year or 18 months ago, I said it would end 22 to Novak, 21 to Rafa and 20 to I mean, to it's Federer, difficult, but... though, because, like, I mean, I with Novak's vaccination status and all this stuff and all the, the, the fact who could that it's coming back. That? Who could see, who could see that two years ago? I mean, I who still... could see him stuck in a, in a, in a hotel in Australia like that? But is it mad to think that despite all of that and the fact he might only be able to still play two slams a year, I still think he could make 25 grand slams mm. playing two a year for the next, three years or something so yeah, i mean he'll probably play more than that but regarding this step by the way this falls bang into the category of you know you can big title i see that that's grand slams masters tour finals olympic gold well yeah uh, we know how the three players are really good and i could just take away tour finals from that and, and of course it has a, a completely different shape um you could just you could just say who's won who's won majors all four majors plus an olympic gold you could you could, I could twist it in whichever player's favour I wanted. Well, this is a Novak Djokovic podcast, John Silk. So we're going to have it in this favour for, <laughs> for today. And we're going to be looking at all the positives for Novak Djokovic on this one. This one's Nole Fam posting. So this one <laughs> nice is Nice impartial just, uh, observer. 
nice and partial. So we're going to just have a look at the little stats that they provided for just Novak Djokovic. And on this one, as you can see, obviously the titles to age just ahead of a raffle on the Dow there and Federer sort of petering off towards the uh, 40s here, just going on a, a flat line at the moment <laughs> for the last few years. But not to, you can't really say anything about that. I mean, he's been injured, hasn't he? So can't really win much when you're uh, struggling around after knee surgeries. This is <laughs> Gene's Hamburg, John Sil. So, yeah, Gene's here. Gary's here. Everyone's here for a, for a Novak Djokovic uh, extravaganza. He's, John's going to try and sneak in a few Rafa stats, I'm sure, throughout this. I think I've got one in here, which is just, just for the uh, fairness. But yeah, that one's quite an interesting one. This one, uh, more Novak, says Novak stats from Raid, saying slams one after being two love down at any stage. Djokovic four, uh, US Open of 2011, Wimbledon 2015 uh, and 22, and Roland Garros uh, in 21. Is, is that finals? I'm guessing that's no, just... No, it's just at any stage of the tournament, they've been two sets to love down and come back. So... Yeah, I think of Roland Garros, he was... Musetti, uh, Sitsi Pass. So that's two, yeah. This year, yeah. obviously, Sinner. Um, yeah, it's incredible, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty well, you can see there, obviously, Federer, uh, Roland Garros in 2009. I can't even remember who that, who was that against? No. I can't I even remember, remember off the top of my well, head. Well, that's quite a big one because, of course, that's the year he won it. Um, yeah, that's right. I think Nadal went out the previous day to Sertling, oh, and like, it was yeah. kind of like now all the eyes were on Federer. It's like now Federer's going to win it finally. And and the next day, I think he was two sets to love down and under immense pressure on, I think, uh, Susan Longlen. And it was like, oh no, the one year that Federer might go on and win it because Nadal was, uh, you know, goes out to Sertling. Tommy Haas. Tommy Haas. In fact, I, I, one of the, I, one of my first ever matches was Federer against Tommy Haas, albeit in Australia. Um, another five setter. And Tommy Haas, of course, what's he doing nowadays, Ben? Well, he's on the Champions Tour, <laughs> and he is yeah, the tournament you... director for Indian Wells as very well. Good, very good, very good. Just, the, uh, just test quiz. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> quiz questions yeah. from uh, Zagreb. Uh, it yeah. was, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. JG got uh, bonus points for that one. Uh -huh. um, yeah, we did enjoy that. But yeah, the Wimbledon 2012 one, uh, I can't even remember who that was against as well. That's terrible. Uh, I'm going to have to literally just go back and do some little uh, fact-checking uh, just while we're uh, while Yeah, so that was, that was the year when, when Federer finally did it. I actually saw... Uh, Julian Beneteau. I saw that final just recently, or some highlights from the from the French Open final when when Federer finally gets the monkey off his back, sort of thing. And mm. and it is quite an emotional occasion, funny enough, considering he'd already won, you know, umpteen Grand Slams already at that point, maybe twelve, thirteen, something like that. Um, and then seeing his wife in the crowd as it gets to match point and seeing him just crash to the floor and, and crying, much like it was for his first Wimbledon, if you remember how that was, um, in 03, I think. And we saw the emotion from him in 03 at Wimbledon. And it was just, the, it was exactly the same fall, albeit onto the red clay in Paris rather than the green grass in London. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah, Gene just confirmed it was against uh, Julian Beneteau that he came back uh, in Wimbledon in 2012. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that very emotional uh, times for him. Obviously, Federer, when he won that role on Garros, it was completely amazing uh, 
that he was finally able to do it. It had been sort of like got the monkey off his back, so to speak. And sort of similar to, I think, the first Wimbledon when it was he'd sort of changed his whole persona in tennis, hadn't he? Like he would, he'd gone from sort of an angry man to a, to a more composed guy on the tennis court. And then we finally got to see uh, what he was made of. And he was like a breath of fresh air and just never looked back after that one. And it was just like tennis was born or something. I don't know. That's how I felt like, that's why Federer gets so much praise though. You got to remember because tennis was in a sort of era at one point. We had the Sampras sort of era, Agassi, and sudden something needed to change. Federer made it change, and it like tennis changed. That was like the yeah. thing, and that's why Federer gets so much credit. And you can't not give him credit and just say, "Oh, but he's only got he's twenty and he's he didn't beat that." Yeah, but people came along and they had to raise their level to beat him, and he was set a new bar that was so high that it's just testament to Nadal and Djokovic that they managed to take it even further than than Federer. Can anyone do that past them? Don't I mean know. the other thing the other thing as well is is uh, so next is Sampras I think with 14, right? I mean that says a lot. I mean the gap yeah. between between th- uh, fourth and third is six which is insane. You know considering yeah. You know, this is kind of Usain Bolt smashing the world record by like almost <laughs> half a second or something because yeah. because this is, you know, we, we, you probably had somebody getting eight slams and somebody gets nine. Oh, well done. Or oh, somebody gets 11. Well, that's amazing. No one will ever beat that. Someone goes and gets 13 and then Sampras comes along and gets 14. You're like, wow. Um, and and so probably some older viewers will remember the day that Federer finally got to 14 or even 15. And they're like, wow. Never yeah. thought anyone would ever get more than Sampras. And here we are a decade later when we've got three guys all in the 20s. It's madness. And then they've <coughs> got on the other side, Serena Williams. And she's yeah. uh, sort of been carrying the flame all, all on her own, really, on the other side, like trying to overtake some of, like, obviously older records, which yeah. were, have been standing for a lot longer. So anyway, moving on to, I think the last one's a bit more of a, sorry, Rafa-ish one. Sets dropped on the way to winning slams. The Dow has lost uh, 50 in 22 slams. Djokovic, 69 in 21 slams. But I don't really make much of this stat, to be honest. No. I think, I, Like I say, I, all of these, honestly, Ben, honestly, they're three amazing players. And we could be doing an, an Adal show right now, and I would find this tiresome too. I, I do find it tiresome. I, I, thing... see, them on, I see them on Twitter from, from the, the, the Nadal fans. I see them on Twitter from Federer and Djokovic. They're all they all kind of a bit boring because they're all trying to get and I could twist I I could probably find a stat that makes the Tim Henman the best player of all time somehow by saying look he did more volleys at the net at Wimbledon than, than any of the big three. Yeah, well, th- this one you can look at it two ways. I think. I mean, you can look at this and just well, you can look into the slams that they were won at for starters, and you can say well Nadal's so dominant when he wins Roland Garros he barely drops a set. You can look at Djokovic's one and say, yeah, he's lost 69 uh, in 21 slams. But he does always take like a set to just work people out. And even when he's a set down, you don't ever think, oh, Djokovic is out of this. He looks done for. No, even when he's two sets down, you think he's probably still got those. (laughs) He would like playing five set matches, Djokovic. And that's a reality. He... He relishes dragging you into his realm, which is the fourth set, the fifth when you, set. When you win a major, 
if you have dropped you know seven or eight sets on the way or he did it without yeah. dropping a set that's the kind of thing that gets mentioned in the on-court interview with Subaku afterwards but nobody really cares at that match championship point you drop to your knees and you go unbelievable my first ever major or my 21st major or whatever it happens to be it's just incredible you don't sort of go oh wish I hadn't dropped so many sets no, because at the end of the day, no, nobody cares. part of his strategy sometimes is to drag players into the waters they don't want to be in. They they don't know how to play five sets, a lot of these players, the same way that Djokovic does. And he just thinks, yeah, you just keep going. It's sort of like a, like a boxer who knows he's got an amazing gas tank. And he just thinks, oh, yeah, you keep throwing those big sluggers for the first few rounds. You wait. Set rounds eight, nine, ten, eleven. When we get to the 11th round, you're going to be out on your feet. And all I'm going to have to do is go, dup, dup, boom, down you go. And uh, you're not going to have any energy. And that's pretty much the way I could compare. Like Djokovic is like a very super fit prize fighter that likes to go the distance. And I think that he loves five sets. I think he yeah. relishes it. If, if anything, you see him play his best tennis from two sets down sometimes. And... I don't know. I love watching a Djokovic comeback. I have to say, not saying I don't love watching another uh, comeback from someone else. Obviously, Rafa's come back against Medvedev in Australia. Probably one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen ever in tennis. So I, I, I'm going to, by the way, people watching Ben, JG, whoever, I'm going to start finding stats that support that Tim Hemmons the greatest of all time. I'm going to start, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start tweeting is. them. Start probably... tweet. Nobody has, <laughs> nobody's covered as many blades of grass at Wimbledon as, as Tim Henman has. No Not even has. the big three. Yes. No one, none of the big three ever, ever managed to force Goran Ivanisevic to five sets. None of them. Not even none. Djokovic. There well, you go. Maybe in, maybe in training. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, um, let's um, go because I'm interested. Obviously, we're speaking about like we've been speaking about how many grand slams, this type of thing. Just want to make sure I've got the uh, right one up here. Yeah. Just bear with me a second. OK, right. So, yeah, I've got this one here. So number of grand slams. How many uh, grand slams do you think Novak Djokovic is going to end on uh, mm. in his well, in his career? Do you so, want to just highlight this from Amy Simmons there? And I sure. Thank you in. for the super chat, Amy. They really appreciate that. Preach it, Ben. <laughs> True words. <laughs> that's it. I mean, I can't say it any uh, any cleaner, to be honest. Um, that's just the way it is. Like you can you can look at like loss of sets and stuff. I feel it means nothing when it comes to Djokovic. It's like I I, I can't repeat myself, but I just feel like certain players suit different styles of tennis and. Rafa's style is blitz people off the court. That's just, and you will drop less sets like that. Djokovic's style is, I'll work you out and drag you in and make, take, what do they say? Take your legs, then take your soul. So yeah. that's what he does to you. And unfortunately, Andy Roddick, Andy Roddick said it. Yeah. You see players, they're not the same for about a year after playing five sets for Djokovic. And that's, unfortunately, that's what he does to you. But yeah, how many, how many slams for Djokovic? Well, what? so it's 21 right now. Um, and let, let us know in the live chat as well. Yeah, we yeah. put our poll today. Let us. I'm just. About, I'm going to reveal what the poll uh, has said after John and myself have given our okay. predictions. So it'd be so, either 21, 22, 23, 24, or 25 or more. So Djokovic, this is yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he's obviously going to win probably another Wimbledon. That's 22. Let's give him another Australian. 23. Let's go 24. 
It's going for 24. 24. I'm going to stick with what I said 18 months ago, and I'm going to say 25 still. When I think it was after he won his 17th. Yeah. So I think I said 22 at that no, point. 18, so sorry. I've, I've given him an extra. I'm giving him an extra two compared to that exact conversation. Yeah. 24. So we got a lot of people coming in the live chat. We got Dave. Uh, Dave also. Dave. I've never called you Dave before. David. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 25. We got Edgar with 21 and a half. Minji going in with 25. We got 25 MQR, 24 scapegoat. Meadow in with 24. We got JG in with 23 there. Um, I'd be interested to know what Rafa's end in title is for JG. We got 25 there for Sanko. Vanch coming in with Rafa 23, Djokovic 24. We got Blind Fury, Novak 25. Gary in with Nole and Rafa on 24. Look at that. I mm, like it. He does, mm. he wants there to be nothing between them when they both retire. Edgar saying 23. Gene, 24 or 25. He's covering all bases. Sandy's doing a Ben. Uh, we've got Freya as 24 to 25. Well, in between. Uh, and we've got uh, Gene's going with 25 in the end. 10 Wimbledon says Simrija. Uh, Michael saying 24. Kane with 24 as well. Uh, I'm going to take you to what our poll said. So, as you can see here, for people who are just listening uh, on the audio platforms, 21 has 12% of the vote, uh, thinking that he will not win any more Grand Slams. We've got 22 uh, Grand Slams, 10%. 23, 17%. 24, 24%. And 25 or more, with an overwhelming 37% of the vote there. Uh, we had 633 votes. And 37% think over 25 or more Grand Slams for Novak Djokovic. I mean, you've obviously got a bigger window with that 25 or more. But yeah, I've gone for 24. But like I say, this time, 18, well, 18 months ago, I think I said 22. And he's almost at that figure already. Um, it's interesting. 12% of our viewers or 12% of the votes. Oh, 633 votes. Anyway, 12% think he's not going to win any more majors. Yeah, I think that's crazy. I think even if, if he plays one more Wimbledon, he's probably got it wrapped yeah. up again, if I'm honest. Uh, after yeah. watching him the last two uh, times he's won it, last year, comf like more comfortable, I'd say, even than this year. This year, even though he was seemed in trouble in certain ones, still looked, I'd still never doubted that he would be able to turn any of the matches around. And the Sinner one could have been the closest, really. I mean, if Sinner... But I don't know that, that I I take that back. I don't think Sinner one was the closest because I I always I've said the same thing throughout the whole tournament. It's easy to win. Uh, what is it? It's easy to win uh, two sets against Djokovic. Not easy, obviously. But in this in this uh, uh, sort of saying, but to win the third set, the third set is always the thing against Djokovic. If you if you can win two. I doubt you can win that third because that third is so... He will make you work so hard to try and win that third set. And your mental has got to be so, so strong to try and take out Djokovic. I just don't know if it's that possible. And uh, I, I personally think that he just... He's so composed. He's like probably one of the most composed tennis players on a tennis court. Sure, he's human. He has an off day here and there. Same as any player. I mean, we've seen... Federer have a rubbish game every once in a while. You see Nadal do it and you think, what's wrong with him today? He can have those as well. But I think when push comes to shove with all of the like biggest players on tour, he's, he's 
the mental giant and he, he can sort of handle the nerves so well uh, to the point where if you're not someone like a Rafael Nadal or a Roger Federer, you're probably not going to beat him. Uh, and you're, you're probably going to end up shaking on the big moments and he'll just be able to keep it in, keep forcing you into positions you don't want to be in until you either make a mistake or he finishes you off. And that's just that's just Djokovic for you. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I know we're obviously coming towards the end now, but um, I would just like to touch on the coming weeks and, and months because yes. I mentioned at the beginning of the program that there's a good chance that we won't be seeing Djokovic play until the 23rd of September. So that's still yeah. two months away. That'll be sort of 10 weeks more or less, I guess, altogether if you include the previous two weeks. And I think that's a very... It's becoming with every day that passes, it becomes more likely. We see Joe Biden has got COVID today, so I don't think that'll yeah. be that'll be helping Novak's no. cause. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. But, but seriously, though, I, I just I don't see anything changing, and um, I understand that, the, that his fans will be frustrated with that. Um, I know some fans are frustrated with him just not getting the jab, um, and 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 I understand that perspective too. But I don't see anything change. I also understand some people's frustration. I know Tennis Sanguin has highlighted this that he can go and play because obviously he's a U.S. citizen, but um, but Djokovic can't because he's not. Mm. But having said that, um. You know, if I don't have a visa, I can't go to certain countries. I can't just rock up in in countries where I need a visa. And I can say, yeah, but the pub, that pub in the city center of, <laughs> of Caracas uh, in Venezuela, I, I, I'm not barred from the pub. No, but you are barred from the country. Well, yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah, and I see, obviously, there's been the petition out. So about 30,000 people have signed this <laughs> one for yeah. Djokovic. And it sort of ties in well with uh, where we go next and... Obviously, the title of the video is What Next for uh, Djokovic and for the GOAT race, really. Obviously, the next tournament that he probably would have liked to have been playing would have probably been the Canadian Open over in Montreal. And now... Yeah, that's been ruled out. Yeah, yeah. That is ruled out. And Cincinnati after that, that's in the United States. That one is ruled out as well. He's also said, he said in his press conference, I think it might have been before the final or after the final, but he's not going to be rocking up at 250s and 500s for the sake of it and that kind of thing. And I think uh, all the all the Masters between now and obviously the US Open, or both of them, I think, obviously in North America, I think there's just two, mm. one in Cincinnati's a Masters 1000 and, and of course, uh, Montreal. Um, Montreal or Toronto, I think it alternates every year, right? That that Canadian so, Open. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I know. I think, uh, well, this the Montreal, Montreal one. Yeah, the, yeah. Montreal one is the Masters one. One thousand. I thought that, I thought they both. I thought they were. I thought one year was in Toronto, and the next year. I think I, could... I think you're right. I think I've uh, that rings a bell uh, for some reason. But let's know. In I the think chat. I remember that from last year. But John yeah, or Ben, John or Ben, John or Ben. Who's right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, let, I just want to quickly read out Rowdy every lap who uh, sent in a super chat saying Rafa's winning the 2022 US Open, 2023 and 2024 French Open, and retires after he wins the Olympic gold medal at Roland Garros at Centre Court on Philip Chatrier. And then what walks off into the sunset? Is that it? And then uh, that's it. End of the goat debate. Uh, <laughs> appreciate the super chat, buddy. Does mean a lot. Uh, always welcome these uh, 
scenarios. Let us know your scenarios for how you think it's going to finish. Maybe Djokovic wins uh, the Olympics. Who knows? Maybe he finally completes the Golden Slam. Who knows what would happen in that year? But so I think I think well, obviously it'll be a fairly intense end of the season for for Novak. He'll have a couple of months off now, I guess. Um, you know, petitions or, or otherwise. I, I just I, I think a couple of weeks ago I thought there might have been a chance for for Novak uh, and and the US, but given how COVID is the direction it's going in and uh, and and all these other things, I mean, I just don't see why would the US change it just for a tennis player? I mean, we saw all this happen, of course, in Australia. The US are clearly not going to go down that route. And oh, and really it's been two and a half years of of, of <clears throat> fairly strict policy in the US, which they've only relaxed in the last 12 months by saying if you're vaccinated you can come in. But but I don't see just because a tennis player wants to play a tennis tournament, despite these demands that the US government is going to change its pandemic policy. Well, especially so, now Biden's guy as well. So yeah. I think that's what... <laughs> but I, so I think, but we all see a fairly intense, so of course, you, there you go, Canadian Open. Oh, is it always in Montreal then? So maybe I was wrong. I know what you mean because... The, I thought, I thought they changed the t- every year, but no one's, no one's letting us know in the what chat. What was the Toronto? Uh, so apologies if we're getting it wrong. Maybe it was held in Toronto in the past and they moved to... Mind you, I always get those two cities muddled up anyway, so it's a good job I'm never going because I'll probably end up in the wrong city. Uh, it's just the Rogers Cup, I believe, and that's what it's known as. And I think maybe, yeah, or the Canadian Open. Look, maybe Scapegoat, they... I love the name, by the way. He's suggesting they do alternate every year. Um, that's what I mean, but I don't think it changes the, the, the points. I know what you mean, you were saying. I think they change where it is, but they don't change. I don't think the points changes. It's just always a Masters 1000. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But they just switch between the two cities every year, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, Montreal. I think it's because the women's switch. That's it. They switch with the women's. That's it. So okay. the men's is at Montreal one year, the women's is at Toronto, and then they swap over. There yeah, you go. We got there in the end. We got there. There you end. go. See, look, there you go. Just as I remember it, David remembers it at the same time. Sorry if uh, this is a tennis podcast. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, but regarding Novak's end of the year, it'll just it'll then go into overdrive once we all return to the sort of. I don't know if it's called a swing, but the European indoor swing, if you like, from from after the US Open. So obviously you've got that lovely exhibition tournament at the Labour Cup, which will be in London this year. And then you'll have Paris Bercy, I suppose. Well, this is what I wanted to go through, because obviously he's going to be missing US Open. Then we're going to be going down. Then we've got He might Davis do the Davis Cup. Cup. I think he did highlight that. That might be we might see him do the Davis Cup, Serbia Labor and all Cup? the rest of it. Labour Cup, I think he'll probably do that too. I mean, he doesn't need the rest. (laughs) Um, He won't be going to San Diego. Uh, I don't think he'll bother with a 250 (laughs) or in Sofia or in Tel Aviv or Korea. Go past these. Now we're into October. He'll stay in Europe. He's not going to be in Kazakhstan. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Not over with Borat. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Japanese Open is 500. No, no, no. I don't think he's it's anything Paris less Bursi, than a master. Probably Paris that's what Bursi. I thought. Like that's why I said is the might, might be what's Antwerp 500? Maybe might do something. No, nah, I don't think it's 250 Antwerp. So we got Basel. He might do. V- he might do something like Vienna. I mean, he's, yeah, come back Basel, to ruin Federer. Federer's return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that could be interesting. Federer on yeah. his return to the courts. Don't think he'll do that. Maybe Vienna. Vienna's yeah, he might, he might do one tournament between, say, Lever and, and Paris, Bursi, Paris Bursi, then do Paris Bursi, then ATP, I guess. Well, finals, I personally think, then... let us know, uh, let us know in the live chat, which tournament do you think that we're going to see Djokovic at next? My, I mean, I said it in the news video. My personal opinion is I think it's going to be Paris. I don't know why. What, you don't was... think we'll see him before Paris Bursi? 
Not in. I don't count Labour Cup. Sorry if anybody's okay. like counting. Okay. I think we'll see him at Labour Cup, but I don't yeah. think he's going to be in another competitive tournament until Paris. That's my yeah. personal. I don't think anything else interests him really. Okay, so we've got Davis Cup. There's confirmed for Novak. Yeah, yeah. I mean Davis. I mean Cup. Conf- confirmed. By the way, we know what that means. He's also confirmed for Cincinnati at the moment. Confirmed so. for the ATP Cup at the beginning of the year as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was the tournament he was involved in? But he, I think, was it was it? I forget which tournament he's involved in. But he, oh, I think it was Indian Wells. I think. And like the day before, he said, "Nah, not going to be there." And we all knew it anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is what I mean. Right? When the, just because his, his name's on the list for the U.S. Open still, if I anybody's I, interested. I, yeah, I know. I mean, Novak and filling in forms, by the way, it's not been a good year oh, for him. No, so he, he needs to to stop enrolling in tournaments that he knows he's not going to be playing in. That's it. I mean, uh, well, let's uh, move down. So that that's my personal opinion. I think, uh, obviously, after that, uh, he's not going to be in the next gen finals, <laughs> and the next is <laughs> ATP tour finals. You get a wild card. Yeah. Get a wild card for the next gen. That's it. Maybe, maybe it'll be that uh, ATP tour finals. I expect to see him at obviously. So I think Paris and then ATP tour finals. Obviously, trying to get that. Uh, probably try and get that record for ATP tour final victories. Listen, I think listen, he's still listen. behind. I think he'll though. do another tournament as well. I mean. If Paris and ATP, that's not much. If he does Vienna, I think I I pick Vienna. Yep, five hundred makes sense. If he does, but right, okay. I know that we're coming close, close to the end. Um, I just wanted to I'd bring up one more thing, which was uh the favorite matches, well, favorite Slam final victories for Novak Djokovic. I put out a poll. Uh, earlier on in this one look at me with all my polls aren't i fancy um trying my best to be a proper podcaster uh <laughs> there we go uh this was the results of the poll just to show uh you guys and girls as you can see here which is your favorite Djokovic slam final victory and the options were the wimbledon 2019 versus federer uh french open 2021 against sissipas australian open 2012 versus nadal uh, Wimbledon 2014 versus Federer and then other right in the comments. But the overwhelming two that have uh, taken everybody, I, I don't think there's any surprise. Like the, the Wimbledon 2019 against Federer had 45%, uh, obviously a five-set match with Federer, saving match points uh, and going all the distance uh, to, to defeat Federer from the brink of defeat. And then Nadal, obviously another five-set match in a final. Uh, this time in Australia, and no doubt the Djokovic fans voting for the ones that they're just happiest to get the biggest wins over in po- probably like the biggest matches. So, um, yeah. Do you I have mean, any what, other ones? You, you know what I'm. You know what I'm doing this, by the way. Mm. Do you know what it what? indicates? Djokovic fans will know. Let's know in the live chat. Why am I doing this regarding that particular poll? Um, let's see what the jo- let's see what the Djokovic fans they'll get it, they'll get it immediately. I'm sure they will. You'll have Vanch in there and and uh, yeah, yeah, um, I'm sure and Gene all the rest of it. They'll be writing in a second, but we'll come to that in a second. No, I, I don't have any more to add. I think those three that you highlight at the top. I mean, I think this. Uh, what about his maybe his first French Open? Um, his first French Open win against was it Andy Murray 2016? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some significant be... ones. That's what I mean. Like, there are some, and even 
there's even some matches that aren't even wins, which I still thought were less epic matches. Like even the one he lost to Murray in the US Open, I thought was still an epic final and that type. These <coughs> so many great matches that it's hard to just pick one, but obviously you're going to pick one, which was, I thought I was going to include one for Nole fan where he's just like battered the Dow in a final or Federer, but I thought go for the big one, the five setters, the thrillers, those ones, because yeah. they're the ones that go down in history a bit more than just him wiping the floor with somebody in the final. I mean, I know it's great for if you're just a, a big I mean, super fan. Best performance was possibly 2019 Australian Open against Nadal. You know, that that probably with, with certain Djokovic fans will rank highly. Probably not the top, as you say. By the way, so now we've got someone, that's the, that's the lady who's celebrating two championship points for uh, for Federer in that 2019 final. She's just doing this like in the air for about 30 seconds. Two okay. championship points, yeah, two yeah. championship points. I remember the picture now as yeah. you're saying it. It does ring a bell. It wasn't you dressed up, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so just to have a look down, like obviously we should just have a look down and then you can see here 21 titles, 11 runner-ups. I mean, it's pretty amazing. 32 Grand Slam finals uh just in total um just to have a look just down some of those 20 yeah, 2016 will probably rank quite highly for some because that was his first french open and and it kind of was a win that maybe they were fearing would never happen having lost the first set as well um but yeah and, and listen if you're if you're a fan you could probably pick five you probably throw that one in there and like i say that 2019 uh australian open final for for a bit of bit of variety in the in the nature i mean that was just crushing he just well that's uh, what i mean that's what nadal, i was gonna put nadal, that one in there nadal said in his uh, on-court interview after the french open final of 2020 he said well you killed me in melbourne last year so so because he was obviously talking about him killing novak i guess in that 2020 final and it was like yeah well you killed me in melbourne so maybe that's sort of even yeah. now well exactly i mean you look at the number of games won for me that's 71 eight that's, <laughs> that's yeah even. that's that's the that is the one that 2019 australian Open final i think that's that's the it's impossible to say but for me yeah. because nadal was on fire in that tournament i know he'd had a couple of injuries going in it but nadal hadn't dropped a set he wiped the floor with city pass in the semi-final we thought we were going to have a colossal match between these two and djokovic just played just from another level just another another planet for me personally, like I think there's the, the one that doesn't really get spoken about enough was the straight sets against Juan Martin Del Potro at US Open. I mean, that's not an easy victory. I know that you could say, oh, he doesn't have the same level of experience in a Grand Slam final, but you're talking about somebody with the like, sort of game of Del Potro. He's not that easy to control and he could wipe anyone off the court on his day. And to do him in straight sets, I thought was an amazing victory. To be honest, can, can you go up a little bit just to see some of the earlier ones? So I might be probably forgetting some. Um, yeah, of course, there's been some immense semi-final matches he's played as well. Uh, sometimes maybe even greater than his his finals. Yeah, but um, yeah, 2012 Australian Open. We've already mentioned that, of course. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we've got the big ones in there, and, and, and the poll, the poll kind of reflects that. I think those two that those two epics were you know especially that i think 2019 won it right 45 percent yeah yeah but arguably he didn't he didn't play his best that day no i mean that... favorite favorite win or not <coughs> i think the three sets he won were all tie breaks right 
think you're right, yeah. No, yeah uh, seven, seven, he seven, even lost seven, didn't he lose seven, a set six, six? He also six, lost a one. set six. He also yeah. lost a set six six love, did he? Or six one? Six yeah. one. So seven yeah. six, one six, seven six, four I six, think, thirteen I think he, twelve. I remember watching that and the commentators and I was thinking the same. The the set he lost six one, I think he almost did tank that. I think he did not I mean I don't know if it's tanking is the right word, but he's basically thinking, I've lost this set, I need to regroup and, and think about the next set uh, you know when he was already when Federer's on it's just like almost yeah the point just like if he's just gonna wipe the floor with me in this set I'm gonna just let him have that one I'll come back stronger in the next one why, why waste the energy yeah. uh but yeah I think we both agree with that one that's the one that will probably go down in history uh more than any of the others and it's the it one wasn't... that it's the one that put now we can see it more than ever it's the one that put Federer out the slam race. Yeah. Yeah, really. And uh, after that, wasn't ever the same again. Uh, it took his legs, took his soul. <laughs> That's Novak Djokovic. 21 grand slams. Um, make sure if you are watching this on repeat, let us know your answers to all of the questions we've been sort of firing uh, at everybody in the live chat. Pop them in the comments section below. Make sure to always, if you are part of this live uh live stream at the moment whack a like on the video now and if you're just watching on repeat whack a like on it uh, in a few hours time or whenever you're watching it <laughs> and uh, if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet please make sure to subscribe we're trying to hit 50,000 subscribers very soon hopefully we can make that uh close to the US Open or something like that but I'd want to know everybody's thoughts in the comments where will Novak Djokovic next be seen uh, competitively on a tennis court and how many slams do you think all of them are going to end up with but I think we can end it on that mate appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with the world cheers everybody right thanks everybody uh, and we'll see you tomorrow make sure to join us there'll be more tennis action David will be covering uh, I think another three matches tomorrow so make sure to join him for them See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.